Gospel Message This week's Gospel Message is titled, Jesus Saves. When my oldest son was younger, I remember us driving by a church and there was a big sign, as we know in many churches, have that big sign outside them that say, Jesus Saves. And I remember my son asking, Jesus saves what? And in that moment, we all were laughing because we just thought it was a very funny question, albeit innocent, but also very funny. But it was a thought that had never occurred to me. And I think it's a thought that probably occurs to a lot of people. And for those who are coming into the knowledge of Christ, trying to have a better understanding of him, it's, it's a very valid question. Jesus saves what? What does Jesus save? So that question, of course, we know it's answered in the Bible. We know the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Actually, I'll read from verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary for thy wife. For that which is conceived of her, that which is conceived in her, is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So first off, when you ask Jesus saves what? The answer is Jesus saves me. And the follow-up question could be Jesus saves you from what? I mean, let's be honest. People look out into the world and things just aren't that bad. You know, we know we have the the hotspots scattered about the country now, different sentiments, different feelings about, you know, COVID-19 and about everything else. So for some people, hey, that's just par for the course. It's normal. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything that, you know, they say we Christians, we, we take everything too far, that we look too deeply into everything. So when we say Jesus saves what? Jesus saves me. From what? He saves me from my sin. He saves me from my sin. He saves me from the life of condemnation brought about by the disobedience of Adam and Eve. So he saves me from my sin, of which the consequence of my sin is death. He saves me from the disposition of sin, which is the very nature of sin that we inherited from Adam and Eve. Because if we say he saves me from my sin, the first thing a lot of us start doing is, is, is going into our database and start counting sins, trying to figure out, okay, where did I sin yesterday? Where did I not sin? What was I thinking about? So we examine the physical things, we examine our minds, we examine our words, you know, so on and so forth. So when we now say that that he saves us from our sin, it's not just the actions of sin that we can recollect. There is a nature within us. There is a nature that is by 
nature sinful. It is sinful. It is a disposition, as they call it, uh, a, 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 a life within us that has the tendency, continuous tendency, to grieve God, to transgress against God. And that is why Romans 8 tells us the carnal mind cannot please God. It can't. Not that it doesn't want to. It definitely doesn't want to. But even if it pretended to want to, it just can't do it. It can't. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So that life, that is what Jesus saves us from. That life, that carnality, that is a natural part of us, the tendency to sin. And if we go back to Romans 7 from verse 17, it reads, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, let us go for to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And there's that definition of carnality right there. I am carnal. That I is not just referring to the Apostle Paul. I is all of us. Every individual person, own your I. I am carnal. I am carnal, sold under sin. What does that mean, sold under sin? That's what happened back in Genesis. When Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord in the Garden of Eden, that set on where we, the, the separation from God, and we were sold, pretty much. We were given over to this sinful nature, this nature that has a tendency to displease God, to sin against God, to, to transgress against God. So I am carnal, sold under sin. Verse 15, but that which I do, I allow not. For that which I would not do, I repeat, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would that I do, I do not. But what I hate, I do. That's a very loaded verse, that verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. From verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. That's that carnality that cannot please God. It can't. So that carnality will never do anything favorable to God. And we are carnal. That is this flesh, this, this life that is, that is of, of flesh and blood is, is carnal. It, it became carnal at the transgression and it has been carnal ever since. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. 
for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So the Bible is telling us here in my mind, okay, I have all these plans. I say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to walk on the straight and narrow. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then before three hours into the day is gone, something has happened. And I am saying, Father, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Have mercy on me. So that which we will to do, what we desire to do, somehow or another, we just can never bring ourselves to do it. For the good that I would do, verse 19, I do not. But the evil that I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. This carnal nature that cannot please God. So fast forward to verse 23. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. You see that carnal nature that that I'm talking about? Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of sin? And verse 25 reads, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus saves. Jesus saves what? He saves me from this carnality that has a life of its own and it is warring against anything in me that desires to do God's will. This carnality, this carnal nature, this natural life that cannot please God has its, its, its sight set on keeping me in the bondage of sin. So how can I get out of this bondage of sin? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Jesus. Jesus saves. He saves us from this body of death. He saves us from this carnal nature. He saves us from this life of sin. He saves. So when you see on a church, Jesus saves. And if by God's divine grace, you're able to ask someone and the person is supposed to explain it, then what it's saying is, come inside, come in so that you can learn more about how Jesus saves us. Because if Jesus does not save us, then look at what it says. This body of death, the sin is going to lead to our death. I'm not talking about this closing our eyes to this world that everybody is going to experience at some point. We're talking about eternal death. The death that's going to land us in the place where all those who are enemies of God are going to end up. All those who are rebellious against God are going to end up led in their procession by the murderer of all murderers and the liar of all liars, Satan himself. So this is the death that is our destiny, but for the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus saves and his name shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
Who are his people? Those who receive his word. Those who answer the call. Those who open the door when he knocks and allow him to do what the Father has put in him to do in order to fulfill his duty as Savior. So let him save us. We have to allow him to save us from this body of sin, from this condemnation of death. Let us allow Christ to save us. So the next time you see that sign that says, Jesus saves, just say, thank you, Jesus, for deeming me worthy to be saved. Thank you, Holy Father, for deeming me worthy to be saved. And then let us just release ourselves and let him do the work of salvation in us. And then let us obey whatever prompting, whatever instruction, whatever leading that he leads us in the course of his saving us. Let us yield and allow him to do that which he does best, which is to save us from our sin. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.